Welcome into the Monkey Business Show, where the money is funny and the world's full of dummies. That's the tagline I'm testing out today, fellas. How do we feel about it? I like it. I like it. I like it. We could work on it a little bit, right? Yeah. Maybe try a few different things out. What is it again? The world is full of money and lots of dummies? What is it? Where the money is funny and the world's full of dummies. <laughs> I like it. We could also like do one a week for like three weeks and vote on it or something. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. We also have, we, we have in the archives, being the original podcast guys, before it was called podcasting, remember E, the world famous announcer Tim has a wonderful tagline. Oh. Oh, we used to broadcast in the back of Rothman Steakhouse. Right. Where the elite meet to eat, right? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Something about the hang sang is up and your markets are down. And it, it, was, it was pretty good. It was oh, pretty good. We'll, good. we'll send it to you. Is, is Tim still around? Is he still with Yes. Us? Yes. Okay. All right. World famous announcer Tim. Yeah. We're going to have to start maybe eating during the show and uh, incorporate that tagline where the elite meet to eat. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, boys, I'm in, um, you know, I live in San Antonio, so we're South Texas, and it rarely gets below 30 degrees here. So you're broadcasting from an igloo in the North Pole today. It's fucking, we have a blizzard out there. Like, literally, it's coming down about an inch an hour. I, I thought I had moved to Texas for the uh, no state tax, and now I see why there's no state tax. I see, I see the results of no state tax. <laughs> <laughs> you just got power back? We, yeah, we, our power was out. So we, we lost power Sunday, all Monday, and it got cold. It was like probably high 30s, low 40s in the house. Um, but we had water. We had water. And then slowly the, the power came back. The, I think they restored a lot of the power, but um, they didn't provide enough power to the water pumping and treatment stations. So last night, so yeah, yeah. So anyway, people's pipes are bursting everywhere. I actually have a, I won't go into the whole story for this one, but I, I almost backwashed my entire pool out into the fucking street like yesterday, trying to, trying to, because we, we don't winterize pools here, right? Like, oh, up, yeah, that could be a yeah, big up, problem. Up north, up north the, the men came, the pool guys came at, you know, September and they winterized and put a tarp over everything and that was it. And then they would come back in Memorial Day and they would do all their stuff. So I don't know shit. Here, you let it. You don't. They don't cover it, and you let it run normally. And then, but then, if it the if the air temperature drops below forty, your pool enters freeze mode and it starts running. So it's running continuously. So 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 the pipes don't freeze and the or the the pump doesn't get ice in it and expand and blow up. So, of course, we got down below freezing, and the power went out. And I got a thing, I got a text saying, like, literally, don't walk, run. Run to the pool, run to the equipment pad and do this. Dude, guys, it was like 18 steps. And I'm not, and it's snowing, and I'm not very good at this shit anyway. So it's telling me to unplug, the, you know, basically drain this, drain that. So I'm, I'm finding all the Cali and I are out there, find the, you got a wrench, I'm opening up the different plugs for the pumps so they could drain. And it says something about va- turn the valves this way. I got nine. There's nine valves. None of them are labeled. There's, and like and, and, and like there'll be two going to each pump or filter that you need to that, that you got to turn. So you don't know which one you're supposed to turn. I think I got it right. I'm like proud of myself because water's pouring out of these things. I'm like great. I so yesterday, um, 
guy comes walking up. He brings the bell. He goes, hey, I think you got a leak. I'm like, what's up? Really? He goes, yeah, there's water coming out of the side of your house. It's pouring onto the street. I'm like, oh, shit. I go out there. I don't know. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe one of our listeners could tell us what happened. But the pump, the, the, the pool started backwashing. In other words, the water from the pool was running back. Through, and because I had opened up these valves to, 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 to let the water drain, the whole fucking pool was draining out through the filter and the pumps into the street. I look at the pool. I'm down six inches, like literally. If this guy didn't come by, the whole pool would have been gone. Like everything would have been gone. My neighbors, I would have created a flood of my neighbors. So anyway, so we got that going. We got that going on. And um, the, so, yeah, so the states, it's like living in Haiti right now. And um, <laughs> In a lot of ways, your pool story sounds like the electrical yeah, grid yeah, management. First, You're like, ah, we're never going to have to worry about this. I, I don't need to learn this. Right. Um, and just as an added fucking kick in the balls, if it wasn't bad enough. So they, they caught Ted Cruz. I don't know if you heard today. They caught Ted Cruz, took his family to Cancun. Like yesterday. You think it was yeah. a planned vacation? You know, it was like, it is like midwinter break or something. Yeah. Like his state is freezing. You know, people don't have water. Like, I mean, people are dying literally. And, and it's, and it's a colossal state fuck up. Like there's just no, everyone's pointing fingers at everybody. It's, it's a total fuck up. And he gets on a plane to go to 80 degree weather in Mexico. Like he's above the fray, man. He'll get out of it. Lion Ted will somehow get out of it and he'll still win 51% of the vote and he'll fucking get another term as senator or whatever. Anyway, that's my report from Texas. Well, I heard that he's on his way back. He got, he got a plane ticket. He's on his way back this afternoon. That's what I I heard. heard. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everything's going to be fixed as soon as he gets back. I, I think he, yeah, I think he, um, he, he just needed to escort his family there. He needed to escort them to the resort and then come back, right? That, that's going to be the story. And he's going to say it. He's, he'll say it without fucking batting an eyelash. That can't be what he's going to end up saying. We interrupt this show with breaking news. In fact, in a written statement, that's exactly what Ted Cruz said. What a douche. Now, back to the show so much i mean like they all lie so why would he think he's gonna get held to account for this and he's got like four more years to try to make up for it before he has to run again but yeah so we got that you gotta hang in there man you gotta hang in there i can see the stress on your face this time last week i was dealing with the boiler here in new jersey but that's right how'd that go oh we got a fix uh you know a couple hundred dollars later we're all right we got heat you know what? And here's the thing. You say it's like Haiti down there. I just have to say, yeah. as soon as you got heat back, I've never felt more rich. Like as soon as the, that oh, yeah. that heat goes out and it's cold and you're like, oh my God, this is, this is awful. And then that heat comes on. I'm like, just making it rain over here. It's crazy. I feel so comfortable. Like the lap of luxury. You take a lot of things for granted, man. And heat is, is definitely one of them. sideways again in New Jersey today, Aaron? Right now it is, yeah. yeah. Yep. So you can see out to my side here. I'm pointing at the window. That's it's very sunny. That's the sun. It's like uh, people are already. I, I've had conversations with the Floridians. They're already upset because yesterday hit like 88. Today is like 86. <laughs> and I was like, remember a couple of weeks ago it was like cooler to some of these Florida people, and they're like, "Are you kidding?" 88 in February already? What the hell's it going to be like in March? 
And I'm like, yeah. wow. I said, Send him here. Yeah, how about if you go to Texas or New Jersey today, and what would you have to say about that? So I'm loving it. It's good. I mean, the thing is, I try to explain to people, like, because a lot of people from the north will always be like, ah, people from the south can't drive in snow. And it's like, either can you, asshole. The reason why you can drive in snow and ice <laughs> is because they put sand and they plow shit, right? We don't have a, you think there's a snow plow anywhere in San Antonio? Like, nowhere. Right. No, not, not at <laughs> so all. So it's man. a smash up derby. It's like what I mean. There's like two inches of snow on the on the street right now. <laughs> That's not going anywhere. Like it, 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 it warms up, and when it warms up, it turns to dice. So <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, no, people know how to drive down there. Look at that. You know, it's like yeah. yeah. Okay. Texas is a is a calamity of of errors and dealing with uh, once in a lifetime storm for a lot of people. But uh, Citibank apparently has also made a colossal mistake pretty recently. Do you want to fill me in on that, Eric? <laughs> so Citibank was the um, there was a there was a a multi I think it was like a it was a multi billion dollar deal um, for Revlon. That's Ron Perlman's company. Revlon had a loan. Um, that a syndicated loan uh, that they made that that so that was made to Revlon and then investors buy in and they they buy in on this billion plus loan. I thought they were a um, makeup they, company. They are. Yeah, they are. Oh, okay. they need they need money. Cosmetics. Cosmetics. Yeah. All right. So they yeah. So they they uh, they borrowed and then they've run into trouble. So Citibank is the administrator. They're just the ones who send out the interest payments and send and. and and then send out the cash when a principal payment, if something comes in to, to pay the bondholders, I'm sorry, the loan holders. So apparently um, a deal was made to carve out a piece of the, a piece of the loan and some of the borrowers, and I think borrowers had the choice of whether they could go into this new loan and it would back by certain, by some collateral, different collateral and, or stay in the old loan. So they broke this thing up. And there was $900 million of old loan. People who didn't like a lot of hedge funds own this and they didn't, they didn't leave. They, they, they stayed with their original loan. So Citibank, and I'm reading this, Dan Levine, I'm sorry, Matt Levine from uh, Bloomberg does a great job. It's called money, uh, money stuff. If you ever, um, ever come across it. So he described what happened. It was like they, they had a, a system that was held together with bailing wire and chewing gum where they had to try to Citibank had to try to, okay, we're going to carve out this loan. And these are the holders of this new loan. And these are the holders of the old loan. And we're going to we'll make accrued interest payment, interest payments to everybody, which you know, not, it wasn't, it wasn't millions of dollars. But the problem is, is that if we're going to make another loan out of this, the system has to feel like the old loan is gone and the new loan is now there's a new there's two new loans right so long story short they they the guys the back the, the guys uh it's, her name is Ravi um Fata and <laughs> three poor Indian guys are getting blamed for all this so they, they so they so they're supposed to send the old the, the old loan was supposed to go into a wash account which means doesn't go anywhere. It's just a, it's a it's a gimmick, right? We're gonna get rid of the old loan, and the system's gonna recognize a new loan. So it was sent to what's called a wash account. And what happened was, I guess, and there was a button apparently that said, 
stop. Are you sure you want to do this? Because this this money is leaving the bank. And somehow one of them pressed the button to send and nine hundred million dollars left the bank. And it went to all of the bondholders, the old bondholders. And all of a sudden they woke up the next day and they got paid like, hey, <laughs> problems resolved. Revlon <laughs> paid it off. <laughs> Citibank realized they fucked up and they're out $900 million. So they're like, hey, give us the money back. And at least $500 million and 900 million said, no, I don't think so. Like, you know, <laughs> we're not, not going to do that. And, uh, and so they went to court. And yesterday, Judge Furman, uh, I forget Furman's first, he's, he's, he's in the second district. And uh, he basically, he basically, it was finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Like, sorry, you, you know, <laughs> like, like, you guys said, look, these, these people, they, ex- they expected their money. I feel like, I feel like I'm like Brett Raybould. It could happen. Like, possibly, <laughs> like, I don't know if Brett would say that. It's a possibility. So the judge is like, look, they were, they, they were in, within their rights because they would have, they would have expected to get that money and they got it and too bad. I think it's not Revlon now. Now, City's appealing, but it's not like the money passed through City and from Revlon to City to these people. This just came from City. Like City's out half a billion dollars right now. I love how I giddy mean, you get about stories like this. What's that? I love how giddy you get when stories like this happen. Because <laughs> it's it just shows like you know we, we you know this whole GameStop thing, and we're like you know and, and talking about all oh, the markets manipulated and all these pumped up this and that. It's like. This kind of shit, these are the people that are supposed to be the experts. Like, they're supposed to know what they're doing. And they're just as fucking incompetent as as as, as, as anybody else. I mean, City, I mean, that, that's why uh, Corbett, who was the CEO of City, had to resign because they've had control issues like this going on for a while. And the Fed told them, I think, in 2014, get your shit together. And obviously they didn't. <laughs> and actually, the, the Fed came down, I think, pretty hard on City. Uh, and that's why the the CEO and the chairman, I think he was chairman and CEO Corbett, he, he had to leave um, a few months ago. And they put a actually the first female uh, CEO will be, I think she's already in place. But yeah, this is yeah. So yeah, I do get giddy because yeah, these are the these are the masters of the universe. And Richie, you've been in some situations where you're you're dealing with <clears throat> with large transactions and monies. You ever come close to costing your company five hundred million dollars? <laughs> I've, I've had situations where there's been some mistakes, but everybody played nice. You know, I don't know what the deal was on the other side here. Um, when they're like, nah, we're not sending it back. I mean, it's pretty ballsy. And obviously they knew something or thought they knew something because they just won. But like, I always laugh, like, like if this happens to like regular people, you always hear these stories, right? Where like, some Joe shit, the rag man gets like a million bucks in his account and the bank's like, give it back. And he was quick enough to be like, Whoa, that was a mistake. Send it over to grandma's account. I don't have it. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but those guys always have to give the money. Yeah. They, they do. Can't keep. Yeah. Robbie, Robbie Raj and Frata. Yeah. Those are the guys they're going to hang. Believed incorrectly that the principal could be properly suppressed solely by setting the principal. It's you got to see this thing. It's just, this guy goes step by step of how, a, how confusing this what this software was. That again, it's like it's supposed to be the state of the art place, and like it, it looks like it was made for this to happen. Like this was, but like Richie said, come on. Like the thing is, like you got. Oh, and it's funny. One of the hedge funds is called Brigade, which is I love that. Like all, all we need is like uh, 
what was the uh, the, remember the jolly uh, what was what was the pirate fund? Remember Richie? It was like oh yeah, Jolly Roger. Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Like you might as well have been the Jolly Roger. They're like, no, we're not not giving the money back. Uh, But yeah, but um, I I would probably not spend that dough if I was the hedge fund. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that Steve's appeal will 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 fly. So that's ongoing. That's not settled. That's still going to be... Well, they're appealing it. They're, they're going to appeal that. I, right. I I can't imagine this thing survives an appeal, but I, I mean, I, everyone was shocked. I think the hedge fund, everyone, the, the planet was shocked when the judge came out yesterday and just said, finders keepers, like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, and, sorry, one of those dudes had fat fingers and hit the wrong button. <laughs> Things like this have happened where, like, when Richie, when Richie said fat finger, that's a lot of times when all of a sudden, like, you know, someone sells a, a billion or something and, and the market just goes berserk. And we say somebody fat fingered it, meaning somebody like put in an extra zero, um, an extra an extra three zeros by accident. Right. And now those things, when they happen, those are real trades. Like you accidentally you wanted to buy a thousand and you bought a hundred thousand by accident. That's it's yours. Um, in fact, I remember one time in the not. When you were you and I were together, it was CIBC, and I remember it was um, it was a French trader. He's trading French government bonds. I swear this happened. I'm not making this up. He he had his electronic trading platform, you know, his keyboard and everything, and he had his elbow down on the the way he positioned his elbow. <laughs> it was just this continuous bid, bye bye bye, and, <laughs> like. For the three minutes that he had his elbow down, and maybe he fell asleep or something, he, he, he was just and, and somehow it got through all the control systems. Like somehow this guy was buying like an entire auction of French government bonds, and, and <laughs> they were not, it wasn't until he figured out that they owned all these bonds, and you know, <laughs> so yeah, so normally when this happens, it's you made a mistake. But it's a transaction, and you you really can't get the money back because people transacted with you, like they they sold you or bought from you, and they they hedged it already. So there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but different case here. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens if there's any updates. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm rooting for the for the little guy. Citibank will be all right. Uh, <laughs> it's a great story. I love it. But uh, GameStop. Speaking of little guys, the GameStop. Uh, well. I don't know, Robin Hood little guys anymore? I don't know. But they're on the Hill testifying today as we speak. And uh, Richie, I don't know if you got a a chance to read the opening statements. I did. I got to read a few of them. Um, It's quite interesting. Um, Eric and I were joking about it yesterday. We, of course, went back to uh, Godfather references. Remember when uh, they had Michael Corleone in the the, uh, Senate hearings? And they're going to uh, try him for many crimes. And all the uh, guys who are testifying, the witnesses, well, at least a couple of the key ones, flake. I don't know nothing about that. Especially Vlad. Vlad's opening statement that we saw seemed a lot like that. Maybe he was watching The Godfather while he wrote his opening statement. (laughs) Because he, he goes through this whole thing like I was born in Bulgaria, yeah, right. you know, yeah. poor, poor child. Like I was in the olive oil business with his father, but that was a long time ago. That's all. We didn't have access. We didn't have access to the capital markets back there. So I wanted to create a system 
that gave everybody access. So he's like, yeah. you know, the Pied Piper. And it's like, yeah. And if there's any, sometimes these things are good, like these hearings, like entertaining wise, good. Sometimes they're really bad because the guys like the senators and the other Congress folk, the House's representatives, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So they don't answer the right questions. Yeah. But there's usually one or two that are pretty good. Like, like you, you watch. Somebody will have done their homework and like ask somebody on either on Wall Street or somewhere be, to be like, you know, what do I ask this cat? Yeah. Like, what what do I what do I say to these dudes? So for that entertainment, it's probably worth watching. But a lot of times these are boring and like guys, you know, the 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 Congress people who use the, the the bully pulpit just for their own, you know, me time to like grandstand and say they're protecting their constituents or whatever. And it's like completely crap. And all the guys walk away with no, you know, maybe a hand slap and good night, you know, sorry, we did this and everybody lost money or, you know, people lost money. I would be interested to hear what they pull on the Gabe Plotkin, the Melvin Kaplan guy who's lost a ton of money. So this poor bastard has got to go up there and be like, yeah, I suck. I used to be good. Maxi did yelled at by Maxine Waters. It's just right. like you cheater. You like cheater. Yeah. Here's the funny cap. Right. I lost my. I, I basically. I, it's January. My hedge fund's down fifty percent. Uh, if I'm gonna have to work for the next two years just to get it back to you, so I can start making money again. And I, I, I'm already like, I, yep. You know what? I'm a jack. You know, that's I'm a jackass. I lost money. You know, um, it's the way it is. I, I've been short. In his statement, he's he's been short GameStop for years, um, yeah. as he has every right to be short. And uh, yeah, he does talk about. Remember, we said like these guys are very smart to cover their tracks, and they don't do public. Um, they, they they try not to do any trade like buying put options. Aaron, remember put options? They when the that, that makes money when the price of the stock goes down. They try to do those off the off the exchange you know, with the, with the street and derivative transactions. And he said, yeah, through public disclosures, something it, it came out that they had actually bought these puts. And that's how people knew that Melvin was, was short. Um, but yeah, so this guy, the, the great thing about this is that or the terrible thing is that, uh, that this is the one thing that Robin hood didn't do. Right. This is the, they're up there to say they conspired with hedge funds and they treated their customers poorly because they wouldn't let them trade. And, and it's like for the first time, they're not, they didn't do something wrong. Like they, they didn't, I don't think they conspired with Citadel. Citadel obviously does two things. They have one part that takes all that order flow that we always talk about that pays Robinhood, And the other half is the hedge fund. I don't think anything happened between the hedge funds and, and Robin hood, uh, you know, and I and Robinhood, as we went in the last show or the two shows ago, um, Robinhood had to do it. They they had to stop people from trading in these names because they were getting margin called to, to death by the the, the, the uh, DTCC, the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation. So they they had to, they had to do this, and and other broke many other brokerages did this, but they're up there for the wrong thing, and the wrong thing is the right thing is this payment for order flow business. And that their client and a that they're getting their clients into this. And most of the clients are young kids, young people who don't have a lot of experience and that they're selling this order flow 
They're the only broker brokerage out there that that actually has a, a scheme where they get paid. They share in the profits of the market makers they're selling this. So they share in Citadel's profits. The other guys do not. It's a volume based transaction. This is a spread based transaction that the, the, between the where you want to where the where the uh, hedge where the uh, high frequency market maker makes a bid and an offer makes a market the midpoint they get a, they they get a piece of that spread. So they make money by doing this, and, and no other brokerage firm does that. Robinhood does. Uh, Robinhood does it. Yes, Robinhood is the only one that when they when they when they do this, they they make a spread. Uh, they make it on the spread. The other guys is pure volume and type of order. Different types of orders, like if it's a market order or a limit order, like we talked about with Richard or another type of order, you get paid differently for each type of order. But each type of order, Robinhood gets paid. It's the midpoint between the national best bid and best offer. And that's how they get paid. So the wider it goes, if it gets a little wider, they make more money. Um, and that that's not by accident. What I really want to see is you two on the hill there and asking these guys the be, questions. That, that would be good. That would be fun. What would you we, ask? We would definitely be viral at that point. We would definitely be viral at that point. Because somebody would fire back, right? Some One of these clowns on the on the stand would fire back like, who are you and what are you talking about? Yeah. And then we'd just like, ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. <laughs> that would be, that would be uh, you know, nightly news type stuff. And watch what he does here. But Absolutely. the uh, other thing that, that everybody's bitching about, right, is um, if I'm correct in stating this, they're all up in arms for the little guy because they were restricted from buying GameStop shares and AMC shares. So the Congress folk that have spoken up and we'll bring up Ted Cruz again. Uh, Remember Ted Cruz and AOC who are about as opposite as they come agreed together that this was horrible on Robin Hood's part from taking from the little man who could not buy any more of those restricted stocks. If I'm correct, it wasn't restricted to selling. Right. You could sell it. I think that's right. Because they were looking for stock. People were short stock, and they needed to, as we talked about in the past, they needed to, to deliver stock. Okay. So I'd like to hear the argument now where when they restricted that thing at that closing date, it was like that Thursday. I want to say the stock was at about 305 or 310. Okay. What people were angry about was it's going to a thousand, maybe tomorrow, and you, bad Robin Hood, are not letting us buy. Right. Okay. Today, Eric, what is the uh, the current moment? The stock of GameStop? GameStop? 4-3. 43, no zero after the 43. I understand what you're getting at, Richie, but couldn't you make the argument that because they forced people to not be able to buy anymore that they drove the price down? Right, but it was was not just Robin Hood. It was TD Ameritrade. It was a few other people too, yeah. A few others, but you could buy GameStop stock Mm -hmm. on on this earth. There, There was no stopping people from doing that. Let's dip into the hearings where one of the congressmen actually brought up that point. Uh, Mr. Tanev, Tanev, you decided uh, to stop uh, allowing your users to buy GameStop and other stocks as a result of capital requirements on Robinhood securities. Is that correct? 
That's correct, yes. Deposit requirements with our clearing houses. And, and you know, those got resolved, but for a period of time, uh, some of your users could only sell and not buy, and that could have contributed to uh, the stock actually going, you know, not, not going up as fast because some of your users were prohibited from buying. Uh, is, do you think that is possible that that could have happened? I, I shouldn't speculate on what could have happened if... If there are more sellers than buyers, does the stock price go down or up? Well, to be clear, Robinhood, Congressman, is a minority of trading activity in, um, in these securities. I understand, but if, if your buyers can only sell and not buy, then it, it clearly uh, keeps you from putting upward pressure on the stock price. Is that correct? On, on Thursday, customers on our platform could only sell, so there was no ability to buy. That's correct. Great. So, uh, you know, I know, and you said earlier, uh, by the way, I know some people have attacked your arbitration agreements, uh, but I want you to be clear. If your users were harmed um, as a result of these actions, they can recover through arbitration. Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes, that's correct. And our arbitration is FINRA supervised and, and and overseen. And we do believe arbitration gives customers a fair and speedy speedier resolution to to their claims. If I was there, Richie and I were there sitting next to Maxine, and wouldn't that be great if like Maxine yeah. was there and you and I were on the side of us? Whisper, the honorable, the ask honorable. Them, ask them this. Go ahead. Um, so what... If you read Tenyev's opening statement, he he does eventually get into pain. Well, first of all, he talks about how he's democratized everything. And, you know, and again, right off the bat, you know, there's plenty of congressmen who should be like, do you think it's a good idea? Like, why, why do you let your customers do this? And you know what? I mean, there was an article in the journal yesterday, and I'm sure they could have brought these people to, to Washington if they wanted to and be like, this guy bought GameStop at 240. It's at forty three now. He he lost fifteen thousand. He he basically lost his uh, he he lost all of his savings. So you know, or this guy bought an option, and you know what? The option expired worthless. He had no idea that an option could expire worthless. He had no idea what he was what he was buying. Like you introduced him to things like this. You have no standards at all. Um, let's not forget about the tax forms, by the way. This is something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just really hilarious. Came out Robin yesterday. But so Tenyev is going on. Well, it, it, he'll read this, but I'm re- it was out yesterday. And he, he does mention payment for order flow. And he says, yeah, you know, like, well, this is how we make we make money, but we make money for you, too. And nobody he doesn't say anywhere. Why would you just pay the SEC sixty five million dollars? Because you did not disclose this to any of your 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 loving customers that you you're coddling along to democratize and bring them into this great fit. You didn't tell them that until 2019, I think, what you were doing. So you just paid $65 million. You want to go into that? <laughs> oh, oh, and then they said, well, you know, we, we get pre- – because the, the key with, with payment for order flow, and this is the key argument, is that when you send those orders into a high-frequency trading mar- market maker like a Citadel or a Wolverine or a Virtu, they – they get you a better price than the national bid best offer. They make a better mark. They make better markets. So you're actually saving, which could very well be true. If you go on to like Rich and I, we've talked about, if you go on and look at TD Ameritrade, Schwab, they'll tell you, 
Yeah, we get you national best bid, best offer, ninety eight percent of the time, and ninety six percent of the time we get you a better, we get you a, an improvement. We actually improve the price, so it's worth it. Robinhood was fine again. So you, you can, if you're reading through this, and we were sitting next to Maxine, <laughs> ask him about the ask him about the the million and a quarter he they paid Finra at the end of 2019 because they didn't even disclose, they weren't even checking whether they were getting the national bed, best bid. They didn't give a shit, and that's probably why they get paid more than everybody else because they're not. If I if, if I send if I if I hold Citadel's feet to the fire and I say, look, you got to get me. You got to make better markets for me. You got to get better than national best bid, best offer, and you and, and you're not. And all you're doing is taking the trades that you want. You're getting this order for. You don't have to, remember Richard said you don't have to take all of it. You take it, and what you don't want, you send that to the exchange. Fuck it, send it to the exchange, and it'll get it'll get national best bid, best offer. But they're just picking through the the stuff that they want and fire. And if you did that to Schwab, they'd be like, no. Like we're not doing this, so you're you're only getting getting me a price improvement, you know, ninety percent of the time or eighty five percent of the time, or in Robinhood's case, probably back before they even started reporting, it was like fifty percent of the time or less. So, what? Why don't you go into that? Like you say that you saved in the second, in the first half of last year, you saved, you know, your customers a billion dollars. Okay, you know what? When I look at the when I look at the when I look at the volume, it's one percent. That's not that great when you start comparing it to Schwab and TD Ameritrade and E-Trade and Interactive Brokers and these guys. You're doing terrible. And that's one of the reasons why you get paid more than everybody else. So I love them to just turn this into a, a risk-taking, the wrong people taking the wrong risks, and B, here's your model. And then finally, we'd, we'd, we'd give Maxine this letter like, um, oh, by the way, uh, Robinhood's customers didn't get their tax forms that they were supposed to get. They, 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 they Robinhood failed. Everybody else got their form. They somehow they, there was a, there was there was a filing they had to do with the with the with the IRS and they they missed it. Like, how the fuck do you miss it? Like, you're you're a brokerage. How, how do you miss doing it? Like, it there's nobody there. There's no there's no as we know there's no there's no customer support. There's no risk management. There's no, obviously there's no back office because nobody filed this paperwork. It's like, there's literally nothing there except a come on in. It's yeah. a freaking app. We sell your payment. We sell, we sell your payment for order flow. We make tens and tens of millions of dollars on this every quarter. And if anything goes wrong, sorry, too bad. They can well, afford well, well, to hire a few people. Does anybody even know how many employees they have? I don't know. It might be like three guys in a corner or something. <laughs> They hired like a bunch of, what's funny is the the first big hires that they made lawyers they hired like they, they went out and they found like some good you know high tech I, I think high tech and also people who work in the fine finance industry they hired lawyers that's who they hired that was their big you know so when they get sued for all the shit they have they got lawyers I guess that's, and, that's pretty important from the uh, so so we hit, we were looking at the uh, the complaints from the customers. Of Robinhood, right? So they're really they're really piling on Robinhood, right? And they're like, Robinhood, you suck. I had everything done for my taxes except for your shit that was supposed to come out on Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was. And and it's late and I'm I can't file my taxes. So Eric and I were talking and I was like, Well, hold up. Didn't a lot of these guys win in twenty twenty on Robinhood's accounts? Like the market went up, right? 
These guys are all talking about how rich they are, right? So do these cats understand? Probably not. When you get that little form from Robin Hood, say you're a big, big winner. Say you made a million bucks and you sold in 2020 and it's still in your account or some of it, maybe. Guess what? In the short term capital gain department, that's treated like ordinary income. So that cat that wears the bandana, kitty cat or whatever his name is. <laughs> it's Warren, Warren Kitty. Warren Put some King. respect on his name. Yeah. <laughs> so he's in his mom's basement in Massachusetts. True story, right? He lives in uh, Brockton, I think, which is a tough town. I was pretty impressed by that. Um, he is in a very high state tax, you know, ta uh, high t tax Brockton. state. Massachusetts, right? So if he's he's up more, right? The, the word is he's got like twenty two million or thirty million in his account. So we we went back and forth, Eric and I, and like, so how about this scenario? Okay, so I made a million bucks. Let's pick a million bucks. Okay, sold, sold. That's that's key, right? You sold. You took your profits. Uh, some of them didn't, which is fine. But you take your profits. Now you owe five hundred grand to the IRS this year. So you're begging for your form because you want to file your taxes. So you send it to your tax man or you put it in your turbo tax or whatever the hell you use. And it comes out, you owe $500,000. And you look at your account. And this year in 2021, you were really bulled up on GameStop because you got some at 300 and something dollars and you thought it was going to a thousand. And now it's at 43. And you're looking at your account and you're like, whoa, bro, I don't have 500 grand. What, what, what is this? So then, of course, they'll hit the, the complaint department button again and be like, Robin Hood, why did you make me pay these taxes? But it's, <laughs> it's them, bro. And oh, by the way, say they don't make any money this year. So, so now they have a big loss. OK, say they sold. Say they quit. This GameStop stuff, right now. Now they're, they're now they're like from the basement. Mom, you got five hundred grand. Cause I got the IRS. Well, honey, didn't you tell me you were making all this money? Well, I was, uh, but I lost it. Okay. So now, yes, can you claim a loss? You can, but that would be for twenty twenty one, right? This year, gonna have to wait a whole so year. Yeah, taxes get done in April. And oh, by the way, another rule these guys probably will learn soon. You can't take the whole loss unless you have gains. Meaning, if you have 500000 in losses and you have no gains, you can take $3,000. 3000 That's the max? You, the loss. you can do 3000 max a year in wow. losses. So what's... What, we were talking about, let's look on the bright side. So now you have 497,000 losses for the rest of your life. Go out and make some fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you put, then you won't have to pay tax again. You got to deliver a lot of pizzas. I'm telling you, this is going on. And it may not be the magnitude that I just said, but it's going on. It, it is definitely going on. And that just, that was the first thing I thought of when that, when those guys were like, I need my tax returns, dude. What are you doing? Cause we said, 
these cats haven't paid tax in their lives. Right. But to them, it's, it's a, the right point. Yeah. yeah. He's right, like, well, they're expecting returns, bro. Not yeah, my, my kids, my kids yell at me because I, you know, I gotta, when they do their summer jobs, I gotta, you know, Hey dad, can you get my tax return? Cause they always get, you get all your money back, right? You get everything you paid. So to them, it's like an event where, and then my guys haven't traded stock. Um, but it is an event like, Hey dad, get me back the $300 or $400 that I paid in taxes when I was working, delivering pizzas or doing whatever for the summer. So to these, to the young to your kids, the tax return is a happy event. Like, Get, we get money. No, no. Like all of a sudden, they're gonna go. I don't even know if they. Do they I don't think they have the easy form anymore. Um, I don't know why. But let's say they, they fill out their version. Yeah, they've always been able to do it on TurboTax because it's you fill in four line items, you send it in, and all of a sudden they're gonna see you cannot use this if if you've made over X amount of dollars, and they're gonna have made X amount of dollars in short term capital gains, and all of a sudden now they're rich. Yeah, all of a sudden they're gonna find out that there's a. There's a downside to all this if you haven't planned for it. The other thing, too, is the, they they constantly complain about everything, right? So it's like, okay, okay, okay. They made me trade this way. They, they, they're making me pay taxes. It's all, it's all on them. But, like, you can't – like, they're going to – you watch. There are going to be kids that argue, well, hold up, I, I – I actually lost. You know, I didn't win. I won last year, but I'm uh, my losses this year are more than last year, so I, I'm not paying. Right? And, then, and they'll get a knock on the door, right? Like that—that's how that happens. Like they'll get audited, and that's a simple one. And if they don't have the money, they'll be going to jail. Right. And that'll the be good a great news. <laughs> the good news is Uncle Joe has waived your. Uh, he's forgiven your student loan. The, the bad news is that you owe the you owe the IRS twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, you were trying to throw caution to the wind to your son's friend who was uh, getting involved with, oh. in the Churchill SPAC. I understand there's a, there's an update there. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I, yeah. So the young man who asked me, a um, uh, great kid, and he asked me about the he, he wanted to be, he actually wanted to buy options or warrants on Churchill. Churchill's a big special purpose acquisition company, SPAC. And he wanted to buy it because um, there was rumors that they were going to buy. They, they wanted to make an electronic vehicle play. That was the whole thing, electric vehicle play. So they want. They, there was a rumor they were going to take the money and they were going to buy Lucid Motors. Honestly, I don't know if Lucid Motors, I don't think any of them make any money, but whatever. So I was like, look, you're asking for my advice. I I wouldn't do it. I, I don't understand, but but do what you got to do. And um I look today and the SPAC, they, they are buying Lucid Motors. The SPAC is up. The Churchill SPAC is up 169% for the month. <laughs> <laughs> so I texted him yesterday. I said, did you, did you get in on those warrants? He's like, no, why? I'm like, oh, he didn't. Never mind. He didn't? I figured he was going to go do it. I didn't say don't do it. I just said, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know enough about this. I, I, I think these are I think these are pretty risky investments, but he buys they're involved in everything. So I, I like, did you get did you did you get in on that SPAC warrant? No, why? <laughs> well, um, no reason. No, no, no reason. No reason. No reason. <laughs> I gotta go. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that, that reminds me of another thing you brought up uh, with the clubhouse. Another case of mistaken identity, I believe. Yes. Yes, let's let me get to that. That was um, that was a good one. Yeah, con- here we go. Wrong <laughs> Dame confusion fuels wrong clubhouse to surge over a thousand percent. So 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, he um, apparently again people are buying the the wrong the wrong stock. I'm trying and I'm trying to remember now what the um, what the story. Here we go. Okay, okay. Clubhouse Media Group. This is it. This is this is the stock they bought. Clubhouse Media Group, a self-described marketing and media firm targeting social media influencers, uh, has surged over a thousand percent this year as retail traders mix the company up with a similar a similarly named app. Um, Clubhouse shares, which trade under the ticker CMGR, have surged one thousand and twenty-six percent this year, ballooning the company's value to two point five billion dollars. So they thought. Um, that they were buying an, an app that I believe Elon Musk has hyped. Um, yes. Yeah, and they yeah, they thought that they were buying that, which I don't even think is anything that trades publicly. Um, no, Clubhouse is private. private. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, the app is private, and these people thought they were buying Elon Musk's touted app, and they were <laughs> buying a, um, a company that, I, I mean, is this, is this better than worse than a biomed company? Like, they... They market, they target social media influencers. <laughs> See, I was among the confused people because I, for some reason this, this stock came on my radar and I'm reading it and I'm like, a pharmaceutical company that changed this? Like, what? They changed their name or something? Or I was very confused, yeah. but then I was like, wait, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's legit because they're talking about social media influencers and this clubhouse right. thing is uh, basically, I, I don't know, I've never been invited to it, but I see people talking about it on Twitter and it's an invite only beta tested thing. Um, and there's a, there's people are loving it. They, I don't know much about it, but they love it. So I'm looking at it and I go, oh, it's at like five bucks. Maybe I could throw some money at it. See what happens, because and then it was like a few days later, Elon Musk was going to be on it, and I was like, "Well, he's probably going to push it up a little bit. Maybe I should just throw some money at it." And then I, I, but I didn't because I was just confused by it all. And then I'm looking at it a few days ago, and it's damn near thirty dollars. <laughs> That's the stock price, and I'm like, "God damn, it's better to be dumb and bold than to actually know what you're doing." Sometimes. Yeah. This. Uh, so I mean. So they they changed their name from the Tongi Health Healthcare Group. <laughs> how how or why? So they basically have no business model. It sounds like, and they just change their name depending on what sector seems hot. So <laughs> I, you know, I I know that um, that Liz Warren was funny when when GameStop happens. Oh my God, the stock market's become a casino. <laughs> yeah, since. Fucking 1776 is like a casino. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, yeah, it's like a casino. But yeah, this is this is how you democratize finance. You you, you get a bunch of people on a free app that buy Songi Tongi Healthcare Group, taking a deal on Musk's touted Clubhouse app, and take it up. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it wasn't like it went up in one day. This thing's been going up steadily. Yeah. So no one gave anybody a tap on the shoulder to say, uh, "Guy, you're buying the fucking wrong thing." Like this is it like it shot up. It was like at five. Elon went on, and the next day it was up to like thirteen or fifteen, something like that. And then it came back. All, it came all the way back down. It came all the way back down to five. I was watching it. it came all the way back down to five. So maybe I'll get back in again. I don't know. 
<laughs> then it's like, I don't know, a week two later, it's climbing and climbing and like it, damn near 30. And I'm like, what the hell? I missed my opportunity. Here. Went up 81% on Tuesday. I mean, it just. Oh. It's down to $15 now. So. Yeah. So still up from five, though. Still up from five. Oh yeah. So if you're if you were one of these Robin Hood traders and you had big, there you go, big gains in 2020, and then you did something like this, which I'm sure plenty. I mean, the, the buying has to be coming from somewhere, and it's got to be there's got to be democratized trading going on here. So <laughs> yeah, you're going to be the guy who bought you know bought this company at a 2.5 billion dollar valuation, and it's going to go down to like now it'll go down to zero. Right. You think? Because now people are going to go, yeah, these guys, they've changed their name like three times in the last four years. Like completely changed their name. And this is a fraud. And they're all, these people will go to jail and you'll, your investment will go to zero. <laughs> so we got that. Do we want to take on our first emailed question to the email monkey biz show at gmail.com? I think so. Anybody listening, you could send in questions, comments, or concerns to monkeybizshow at gmail.com, and maybe we will address or read them on the air. Monkey Biz, B-I-Z, show. You remember, um, you remember when Rodney, uh, the, the, the movie Back to School? Yep. Mm. Okay, good. Um, and the, professors, you know, Rod, the professor hates Rodney. He goes, uh, you know, he, he has to take the final, and he's, he goes, I only have one question for you, Mr. Mellon, in 18 parts. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good that's lead good in. Question. That's a good lead in here because this question comes from uh, Andrew Hodges, no relation. And uh, he's a bit wordy. He's a bit wordy for sure. So I'm going to try to condense this a little bit for you guys. All right, he says, I have a question regarding a trend I've been tracking for a couple of months. Let me lay out the scenario. I had a random thought that I decided to follow up on because I was curious. What if someone invested in the biggest losers in the stock market for recovery potential? I tried researching it and couldn't find any articles or information about anyone trying it. My first thought was, if a decent stock, say on the S&P, has a bad day, what potential is there? that they would have a good rebound the next day. So I have a few questions and I'll lay out exactly what I've simulated for the past few months. On day one, I took a theoretical $100 and split it evenly among the 10 biggest percentage losers of the day from the S&P 100 list at the end of the trading day. Then sell those 10 regardless of what happens the next day at the end of the day and buy the 10 biggest losers of that day with however much that original $100 is worth after selling the first days. Rinse and repeat all over again. Here are my questions. Is this a known strategy that is executed by professionals or is this a known strategy that no one touches because it doesn't work? I have 76 trading days tracked during these strategies. The trends look very favorable when compared to the S&P 500 across the same time period. Is that enough time to really gauge strategy performance? Let me ask a question. So just make sure. So he's saying on day one, you look at the 10 stocks that performed the worst on a percentage basis, the prior day, prior trading day, and you, you buy it. So the first day you implement the strategy, you buy the 10 biggest losers. And then the next day you sell them and purchase the net. And now there could be the same five of the same 
some of them could be the same stocks, right? They can go down two days in a row. That's true. But yes, but you would take whatever whatever you have left of your hundred dollars, and then buy the next ten biggest losers, and just keep buying the loser, buying the biggest losers, and selling yesterday's biggest losers. Like Correct. You, so you out of your, but you're not short selling. You're out of your portfolio. You own them. You sell. You're out of them. You get out of, that, you get out of those positions. You have to do, so you're. Uh, is that is that what we're talking about? I believe so. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you have that right. I think so. Hmm. Um, I'll take a stab at the first question, which is: Is this a viable strategy? Um, it's interesting. I don't think. I think it's a lot of work to do individual stocks and in ten of them every day. Yeah. Um, buying and selling maybe a, a majority of them. But I think people do view um, indexes. So the S&P 500, for example, the Russell 2000, the uh, uh, NASDAQ 100, which the ticker is QQQ. Eric and I actually, I don't, I, I, I personally don't know if it's a strategy on a daily basis. I do know it's a strategy on a, on a more like quarterly or annual basis for sure. But Eric and I actually, not too long ago, we came across a trend and maybe this goes back to the uh, question, the the 76 days of uh, uh, data he has um, where if you bought the S and P 500, at right before the close, okay. Mm-hmm. So the, it's a ticker. It's a very liquid ticker. Um, the ticker is SPY, SPY. So say every day at three fifty-eight p.m. Eastern time, you went in and bought it, and then you sold it at like nine thirty-one a.m. the following day. There was a trend there last summer where that thing was winning like eighty-five percent of the time, but not everything is so easy. That trend has since changed and now it's like really 50, 50. So, but there were people doing that professionals for sure, because there was articles written about this. So like, it seemed like the market was going up at the close every day, closing strong. So you buy that opportunity, you sit on it overnight and then it would open up, you know, nicely and then over time during the day it would drop again and then it would steam back up again at four o'clock so it was okay i mean i i I don't say i killed it but like i made money doing it and but it it was a pain in the ass like if you know and and that's just that's just one trade a lot of these uh, like a strategy like that and that's something that we could uh we can get richard back on um because that's so a lot of the um it wouldn't be human traders necessarily. It could be algorithmic traders, meaning it's a, it's a, it's a quantitative model. Um, and they probably look at things just like that and look for trends just like that. Like what you, what you're, uh, what, what the, are the, um, the questioner is, is asking could, it could very well be in someone's algorithmic or, you know, algorithmic model to buy, you know, and that, and those are the people who can do it, right? Cause it's less of a pain in the ass. Cause a lot of it is automated. They can execute, they can. So the, it, and if you're seeing that strategy is working, there's a, maybe, and that's what, maybe that's also what when Richie and I were looking at was that 
there's there's computers are doing this. In other words, there's there's quant funds that you and you may have latched on to a quant fund strategy without I wouldn't say without knowing it, because if it's working and yeah. it's something weird like that, right? It's something that just it could be because you've you've latched on to a strategy that some of the maybe some of the major even some of the you know, uh, uh, decent sized quantitative uh, algorithmic funds are that's something that they're doing and you figure you kind of figured it out on your own um, and then you can you kind of ride their waves. Um, the only caution I think is that you know a lot of times when these things work and Richie correct me if I'm wrong they they work incrementally like you, you make you're making money it's kind of a grind and generally. What, what I've noticed in a lot of these is that they, they grind higher, but then when they crap out, they crap out. Like you could, you could make 29 days, but on day 30, you can lose half or the whole damn thing. Just when, you know, cause someone could, you know, maybe, maybe the, the quantitative fund is saying, all right, that's enough. Like we basically only do this during this, this, this cycle and we get out and all of a sudden you could have people reversing the trade and, and, and you can lose and you can lose and you can lose big. Yeah. The other thing, too, that you got to keep in mind is if you're buying at the close every day, you're buying stocks, right? You're, you're, you're buying. So it, it worked, I think, very well last summer because what was going on? The market was just kind of drifting upwards, upwards. It's nice when everything goes up every day, almost every day. So if, you know, if you – and it still may be, like it still may be – like this dogs of the Dow thing I talk about, you still may outperform the market by buying the beat up stocks every day at the close. They may not go down as much as everything else, but are you happy if, you know, the market somehow drops 20% and you're down 15, you're like, yeah, I'm winning. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just buying every day and the fucking market keeps going down and down and down. So yeah, it works. I, I think it, it does work. And I think Eric's right. I think that there was something going on there where these computers, these AI guys were like doing it. And it, the fact that they put an article out or articles about it, somebody's planting that in the press too. Like, dude, like, and they, maybe they were trying to do the Robin Hood thing, right? Like maybe, maybe that was it. Like it was like, get all these kids to buy at the end of the day and sell them in the, in, you know, in the open the next day and we'll be great. I yeah. don't think a lot of them did it because it's not sexy enough. Right. Just, <laughs> yeah. A lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of time, you know, you have, uh, I mean, there's different things that happen in the market at different times of the day that these people observe and they start seeing the trend. And, and some of it is, is a certain point of the day. I think it's around two o'clock where you just, you just have, Billions of dollars that need to be allocated that are institutional money, insurance companies. You know, they, they've got money that needs to be put to work every day. And not like all of it goes into the stock market, but there's always going to be an allocation that just says, you know, buy the, buy the S&P 500, buy the, you know, buy, buy, buy QQQ, buy something um, because that, that money needs to go somewhere. And so if you could, you know, people do kind of figure out the figure out the flow and the timing yeah, then you know that there's there's a consistent buyer right around this time. Um, at but eventually that's going to change. Buyer, yeah, yeah, and it, it could be a consistent buyer, but that doesn't mean that you can get you, you can get ahead of them, and the market could go down five, you know, two percent while you're in front of that, and that they they don't like you, you'd have to time it perfectly. Um, right. But yeah, just yeah, that, this is what. Um, this is what algorithmic trading uh, models do. They they track this stuff, and it, it's it 
it's not human emotion. It's just they, they track flows. They track idiosyncrasies like this. And if they latch on to something that, that seems like it works, then they, they will pro they have a programmatic trading plot that, that, that does this for them. So um, I think it's a great question. And, and also just one final point, like, like we were saying, just we're regular people, right? If you're not focused on the market all day and you got other shit you got going on, it's, it was real important, the timing of this as we were trading in it. Like if you bought at 3.30 some days p.m., Eastern time, right? Half an hour before the market closed. It may have already run, but maybe not. And so the key was to try to do the same time every day. So like if you're at the store or you're on a conference call for your job or whatever, and you miss it, well, guess what? You know, you, you might've missed out on a big move. Same thing in the morning, the next day, right? 931. You got nothing going on at 9.31 every day? You're going to have something, right? So, like, that's why the professionals have these automated systems, and it doesn't matter if they're in meetings or on the phone. Like, something sells, right? Boom. And you can do it. You can definitely do it. You, uh, you just got to be, you know, very on top of things. And uh, every day, though, it's rough. Right? Like every single day you're doing the same thing. Right. Buying, yeah, that's, so. it does sound like a lot of work. It is, it, but it does, it does work. But I, I'm just saying that, again, it works. It worked this summer because of, and it's worked lately because we're hitting new highs, right? Because keep in mind in this strategy, you're always buying. You're buying. You're buying to make profits, right? So if it goes down, guess what? Everything's out the door. Right. But very good. Hey, great question. And let us know how, you, how it continues. Please uh, email us back as to if you continuing to study or perform it. We always love to uh, check back on how the trends are going. Maybe Richard, we can, maybe we can get Richard to program it. And just yeah, see that would be good. <laughs> can we? That would be amazing. Yeah, because I mean, he could, he could program this thing. Not that he'd be trading on it, but he could, he could certainly track what, uh, what, the, what the reader um, is, is talking about and see if it actually works. Wow, we um, can do that. But yeah, that's the, they, like Richie said, the, those models, they have their own execution platform. So they, you, could, you don't have to be there. Like if the, model, if, the, if, the, if the model sees what it's looking for, it executes. And it, and it looks across multiple platforms to get the best execution. So um, definitely goes on out there. It's a great question. Let's wrap it up with some Richie's picks. It was it was tough. It was tough this week because um, you know things are kind of. There's always a lot of news, obviously, but there's there's a real lot of stuff going on, and the trends are not as clear to me these days. And as we speak, I think the market's dropping. Um, but I did find one, and you know I love to uh, short stocks, right, Aaron? Like come this. get them, Reddit boys. Yeah, come, come, come find me. Um, there's a, and I laugh because I almost bought the product, but it's Trupanion, T-R-U-P. They sell pet health insurance. Okay. I'm in the market. Okay. I'm going to short that stock today. Okay. After you hate dogs. Why do you hate so, dogs? I, I love dogs. I have two. Um, I think it's a bit of a scam, right? I looked at it. Not, a, not a scam is a harsh word, right? I'm not. 
I'm sure it does fine for a lot of people, but like like pre-existing conditions with your dog, like age of your dog, you know, you know, they're they're trying to do like the regular health insurance companies, which is the human health insurance companies, which try to ensure the healthy, right? So they don't have to pay anything. Of course. Later on. But I looked at um, the, the run on this stock has gone from like, oh, God, like 26 months ago to like 102 today it was when we got on. And they don't, they don't make any money. I mean, maybe someday they will, but like they don't. It's nice. And I understand why the market's driven up because everything pet related, it seems like during this pandemic has gone up. Right. Everybody's home with their pets, feed Fido some special food because Fido's my buddy and he hangs with me all day now. We're really bonding. And he needs new clothes and he needs a new hat. Not buying it. I, I, I don't believe you love your dogs. I'm not buying it. <laughs> They're like the most spoiled dogs there are. You know where my dog is right now? Where? He's at doggy daycare. What? He's at Barker's. It's called the Barker's Day Spa. And he, he ain't going for uh, one of the, he's a little guy. He ain't going for like uh, a spa day. That cat goes more than he, he actually would. He probably costs me more in that school, school, <laughs> school than, than if I had a kid in private elementary school. I was doing the math the other day. He was with another family. He was with another family. I felt horrible. And I, I knew, I knew why, but like they had like three little kids and the parents were like, like seemed so mean. Like he was this little guy and they like had him for like two months or three months. And she's like, no, he, he and the girls were like crying. This little girl was crying. I'm like, we're stealing this kid's dog. Like, what the hell are we doing? He got in like five minutes. I was like, ah, yeah, I see. I see why this guy is, is oh, as we no. say, awful. Uh, they were like, uh, this guy is a terror. Oh, no. So we're trying to bring him in, but he's still spoiled. But he ain't getting any pet insurance. <laughs> when, it's, when it's his time, it's his time. He, he goes. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> One final story about and he's, his name is Moose, and he's about eight pounds. And <laughs> Moose, <laughs> this is horrible, but... but <laughs> My wife actually took Moose back to the old house to to see the girls again. I'm like, you can't do this. Like, don't do that. No. Like, the little girl's going to, like, freak no. again. And his name was Cookie with them. So he doesn't even know his name. Oh, he's got an identity <laughs> crisis. And I swear to God, the guy next door sees my wife come with that dog. And he's like, you, their neighbor, right? He goes, you own this dog? He goes, I haven't seen him in a while. He goes, she goes, yeah, yeah, we took him. He goes, oh, how is he doing? She goes, yeah, he's a little bit of work. I'm so happy. She tells him we have another dog. They're trying to make friends. He goes, I'm so happy they went that he went to a good family. He goes, there'd be some times where, like, the kid would be riding his bike, and they just let the dog run in the street. And I, my wife told me that, and I was like, 
Yeah, because they want him to get killed. Like, like, <laughs> like they didn't they care. The parents were like, they collect on the insurance? <laughs> exactly. That life insurance. <laughs> they had insurance. Oh, that's <laughs> He's like shocked. He's like, they let this dog just run in the street with the little girl riding the bike. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, just like Go play in the traffic. <laughs> just one, one pick, pick this week. Short All on right. the Watch interest rates. Richie's been talking a lot about interest yeah, rates. And, so um, long. Yeah, going on. We like that trend. I haven't gotten rid of those. The, the TBT, which mm-hmm. is the basically uh, ETF that is betting on higher interest rates, that's worked out very well. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I'm a little surprised at uh, that rates have, but um, I mean, I could see it. I, I, I just don't see inflation. Um, I, I just, but who knows? You know, I mean, like there's, there's going to be inflation right now, just what's going on here in Texas, right? Because we have. Natural gas prices are going to sky. You know, gas prices, oil prices. That we have a lot of, you know, all of a sudden a lot of capacity just just went offline. Um, and uh, you know, obviously the continued push for the uh, the fifteen dollar minimum wage, um, right. the infrastructure uh, bill, the infrastructure bill, the stimulus package. So, you know, I, I think um, you know the they read the so they when the Fed meets every six weeks, it's called the Federal Open Market Committee, um, and they that's when they set policy and they tell you what, then they tell you what they think. Um, and then a few weeks later, you get the minutes from the meeting. You see exactly what was talked about. And the fed said that there's, there's no stopping right now. They have no intention of stopping buying an 80 billion of treasuries a month and, and 40 billion of mortgage backed securities a month. That's a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if, 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 Things, you know, jobless claims came out today, um, pretty pretty bad, uh, much higher than expected again. Uh, so we'll see what happens because if the economy looks shaky, the Fed may come in and do and do some buying. Um, so I'm a little skeptical of rates coming up to this level, uh, but uh, yeah, it's been the it's been the trade, and and sometimes what happens in a trade is you've got you know sectors in the investment community that. Uh, they they have to start selling when you get to a certain point because they, the thing they call duration starts getting too much too much risk so they have to de-risk themselves and they have to sell and I think we've had a little bit of an event like that so let's see if it falls through but uh, yeah something that definitely we're watching and looking at the you know rates and as we look at the market. All right, well we're gonna root for you, Eric, and all of Texas to get back to normal pretty soon. Hang in there, buddy. Okay. Hang okay, in man. there. And uh, thank you, everybody, to listening to the Monkey Business Show. Again, you can email any questions, comments to monkeybizshow at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter as well, uh, at the Monkey Biz 101, I think. I got to remember. I got to remember. We had to change some, uh, some usernames there, but I think that's it. You can find us on there. And uh, don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. <laughs>